Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to the Truth Hurts program for the last day of August 2021. My name is Steve Z, and I'm not sure if this broadcast will be making it out or not due to the massive amounts of power failures, power outages, internet, and cell phone service interruptions in the wake of the Hurricane Ida aftermath here in southeast Louisiana. Coming to you live today from the front seat of the old F-250 pickup truck. I uh, don't know at this point in time whether I'm coming or going. It's been a harrowing few days. Fortunately, Studio 63 and my home only sustained very, very minor damage from this event. We lost a uh, metal patio cover, 30 by, uh, 36 by 18. We had some minor fence damage, and of course the power is out uh, throughout southeastern Louisiana. And that's something I'd like to touch on today. The Joe Biden administration has been speaking about this so-called infrastructure, infrastructure, infrastructure deal. And yet, in the city of New Orleans and the surrounding Jefferson Parish metropolitan area, there are only eight, count them, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight main power transmission lines that provide power to well over a million and a quarter people, million and a half, give or take. All of New Orleans, Gretna, Harvey, Marrero, West Wego, Wagaman, Avondale, Bridge City, Algiers, the town of Jean Lafitte, the town of Crown Point, Louisiana, Metairie, Kenner, River Ridge, Harahan, um, let's go on over to New Orleans East, Slidell, Covington, Mandeville, Robert, Hammond, Ponchatoula, LaRanger, Abita Springs. I could go on and on and name these smaller towns, but the bottom line here, folks, is they're all without electricity. Every single person, unless you have a generator, you are without electrical power. And to make matters worse, in Jefferson Parish on the West Bank, the towns of Avondale, Wagaman, West Wego, Marrero, Harvey, Gretna, all have no water, no running water. You see, of course, water pipes grow underground, or they don't grow underground, they're placed underground, and people plant trees in their yards, and those tree root systems get entangled around those water pipes, and when a major storm, a Category 4 Ida, comes pouring through the area, well, those trees fall over. They topple over. They're blown over. They're uprooted, and along with the tree roots come, you guessed it, boys and girls, all of the water supply pipes, not to mention sewage pipes. And any towns, a very few here, that have underground utilities, of course, all of those wires and the phone wires and the internet wires and all of those other infrastructure items get torn up and it could be not weeks but absolutely months before any sense of near normalcy returns to the New Orleans metropolitan area. I heard for years and years as a young man growing up in the New Orleans metro area about Hurricane Betsy. Betsy, Betsy, Betsy is all I ever heard from great-grandparents and grandparents and aunts and uncles all the old-timers talked about Betsy, 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 Betsy. Then, one day, some idiot got on the radio and said, I'm so sick and tired of hearing about Betsy. 
Maybe something will come along one day and make people stop talking about Betsy. And that happened on September, excuse me, August 29th, 2005. That was called Katrina. And for the past 16 years, I've heard the Democrat mayors, the Democrat governors of the state of Louisiana, blame all of their woes, all of their problems, all of their issues on Katrina, Katrina, Katrina. Depending on which minority you belong to, is Katrina, baby. Katrina did this and Katrina did that. Katrina went ashore in Mississippi and the wind from Katrina devastated the Gulf Coast of Mississippi. The levee failure, the infrastructure failure of the levee system in New Orleans for Hurricane Katrina is blamed on mismanagement, oh, extortion, bribery, kickbacks, brother-in-law deals, sweetheart deals amongst family members, which diverted for decades money that should have been spent fortifying the levees, the levy boards, the levy systems, the levy commissions, those groups of people tasked with keeping up, maintaining, improving, adding on to those levy systems, instead wasted that money for decades building tennis courts and marinas and places for casino boats to dock, and they never bothered to fix upgrade, maintain, improve the levees. And that is why in 2005, Hurricane Katrina, with its associated levee breaches, caused the city of New Orleans to go underwater. Now in this storm, Ida, it is a much different scenario. We had no failure of the vastly improved levee systems. Now that the federal government has come in and put oversight involved under, over the past 16 years under President George W. Bush, and yes, under Barack Hussein Obama, and yes, under Donald Trump, heaven forbid, Donald Trump did good things. He sent money to be spent on infrastructure. And now we have gropey Joe Biden trying to take credit for the massive successes of our federal levy systems. And he has little John Tinkerbell Edwards, the Democrat governor of Louisiana, kissing his ass because you have to kiss Gropey Joe's ass. You have to kneel before the King Biden in order to activate federal funds to help fix New Orleans and the surrounding areas. We are without power, but thank goodness we have a large 22 kilowatt Generac whole building generator that's keeping the electricity, the air conditioning, the television, the lamps, the fans, the refrigerator, the freezer running at my home at Studio 63 as well. And as a backup, I have the toy hauler, the 39-foot fifth-wheel toy hauler, which has its own 4,000-watt generator on board, which runs on gasoline. Full tank of 39 gallons of gasoline for that bad boy. And I also, because I'm one of those guys that is paranoid about never having electricity, I also have an 8,850-watt standalone gasoline generator and a 6,000-watt gasoline generator. Um, we're in good shape as far as electricity is concerned. Internet, not so much. Cell phone service, spotty at best. have to drive two miles from the house just to be able to get a decent signal. And that comes and goes. 
All right, let's talk about flooding for just a moment with Ida. This is not the Katrina flood event that all the flood insurance adjusters have been licking their chops hoping for. Is there flooding? Absolutely. But the flooding is occurring in areas that do not normally flood. It's also occurring in areas serviced by the nine rivers that dump into Lake Pontchartrain. Now let me set this up for you. If you're not familiar with the New Orleans area, the southeast Louisiana area, there's not much to divide Lake Pontchartrain from the Gulf of Mexico anymore. There used to be Lake Bourne, but that's effectively the Gulf of Mexico now. There used to be uh, the Chandelier Islands. There used to be Shell Beach. There used to be multiple estuaries and bays and swamps and um, river delta lands that separated Lake Pontchartrain from the Gulf of Mexico. There's not much separating it now. Lake Pontchartrain is now a saltwater lake for the most part, except for the fresh water that it receives from nine rivers. Uh, those rivers, I don't know them all, but I'm driving right now, so my apologies. I don't know the names of them all, but there's the Chifuncta, the Tangipahoa, the Bogafalaya, the Bogachitta, the Tikfa, the Amit, the Komit, and uh, I'm missing one or two of the smaller rivers. All of those smaller rivers are tributaries. They, trib they contribute to Lake Pontchartrain by taking runoff from the lands north of Lake Pontchartrain, Covington, Bush, Bogalusa, Mandeville, Hammond, uh, Amit, Kentwood. All of those small towns contribute water through drainage, through natural drainage. They contribute water directly into Lake Pontchartrain, where they usually, those rivers run normal, of course, just doing their thing. But right now, the southeasterly winds, the, the winds that blew in from the south and the southeast for Hurricane Ida, have pushed water from the Gulf of Mexico into Lake Pontchartrain, into Lake Bourne, into Lake Maurepas, pushed that water deep into the lake, and the water is now piled up against the lake shore on the north and on the western side. Therefore, the tributary rivers those nine rivers I spoke to you about, they have nowhere to drain. They can't drain into the Lake Pontchartrain because the Lake Pontchartrain, the Lake Maurepas, the Lake Bourne are all backed up with water that has been pushed in from the Gulf of Mexico. That along with the heavy rains, of course, associated with Hurricane Ida and its aftermath have caused those rivers to now swell, many over their banks. So, if you have homes along those rivers, it is likely that over the past 60 years, those homes were built up on pilings, elevated homes. Those people will probably have flood insurance, but the water is not getting into those homes. It's just getting into those open areas beneath those homes. So to my flood adjuster friends, I do not think, as of right now, this is going to be the major flood event you were hoping for. As of today, knowing that there is no phone service, there is no internet service, we have to expect a very low volume of insurance claims being called into and texted into and interneted into those uh, various and sundry insurance companies out there. People cannot make a claim. They have no phone service. They have no internet. 
as things start to become more normalized, as we start to get internet and cell phone service and home phone service returned to the area, you might see an increase in volume. I'm looking at massive devastation of certain areas of town, indicative of tornadic activity. You know, where you see trees twisted around completely. That's what I'm seeing in the New Orleans area, North Shore, Hammond, Louisiana. Lots and lots of trees into homes. Lots and lots of trees across roadways. Power lines and poles pulled down. It is no doubt devastating. But I do not see anywhere near the flood damage that was seen 16 years ago in Hurricane Katrina. Or five years ago in the 2016 Baton Rouge area flooding event. Also, and I'm not trying to insult all the people of Louisiana and South Mississippi, but they do rank dead last and second to last, respectively, in education. And you can lead a horse to water, my friends, but you cannot make that horse drink. We have warned for decades that New Orleans and its surrounding area are at or below sea level, or extremely close to sea level. We urge, we encourage, we beg, we plead, we bargain, we make deals with the devil to try and get people to purchase flood insurance. And yet they don't. (coughs) Excuse me. And yet they do not purchase flood insurance. So what do you do? You sit back once again and you watch as the Democrat mayor, the Democrat governor, beg the Democrat gropey Joe Biden presidency for federal aid. Yes, they be looking for federal aid. FEMA's on the ground. FEMA has a public relations problem, so they have to kiss that ass. They have to kiss Biden's ass. They have to kiss Tinkerbell Edwards' ass. They have to kiss LaToya Cantrell's ass. Otherwise, they have an image problem. If you don't go and help the highly minority-filled city of New Orleans, then your agency is racist. Trust me, I've seen this story before. I've read it. I've heard it. And right now, your tax dollars will be going to do what it should be doing, what FEMA's core mission should be. Emergency response to fill a void that exists due to a catastrophe, due to a disaster. It should be and should never, excuse excuse me, let me start over here. It should never be and should never have been FEMA's mandate or purview to go out and make everybody back to normal, back to whole again. FEMA is the federal emergency management agency. They manage the emergency. But as is the case in America, in our dependent class that we have built up, People are on the television crying, expecting FEMA to come in and replace everything in their house. Just like they have no responsibility at all to clean up their own mess, to replace their own damaged items. They are on the television saying, where is FEMA at, y'all? Where be FEMA at? How come FEMA didn't come in here and replace my lazy boy recliner? How come I ain't got no air conditioning? That, my friends, is not what FEMA's purpose in life is. FEMA's purpose in life is to provide 
emergency management services. It is the responsibility of the individual, the homeowner, the renter, to purchase insurance to cover them financially against any losses that are incurred in the wake of a natural disaster. That is the way our nation is set up. That is the way it has always been. And it's the way it always will be. Unless, of course, communism and socialism comes in. And then it's Katie bar the door. You won't have any nice things anymore. You will have basic government subsistence level things. Unless, of course, you're a member of the elite proletariat. The ruling class. My friends, we have come to a point in our nation's history where we have to make a decision. Do we continue to let, to promote more and more people getting into government assistance requirement? Do we want more and more people on the government dole? Do we want more and more people sucking from a government tit where the providers to that tit are growing fewer and fewer and fewer? Or do we start telling people, hey, you had a hurricane. Now it's time for you to go out and clean your yard. Get your neighbors to assist you. Help your neighbors. Everyone pitch in. Don't sit on your dead ass in some shelter somewhere waiting for Uncle Sam to do it all for you. Folks, we're running out of Uncle Sam. We are running out of Uncle Sam. People can't see this, of course. People cannot see this. They have issues with understanding reality and fact. And they sit back, hoping, praying, begging for the government to step in. And what you gonna do for me today, Mr. Government? What you finna do for me? I ain't doing nothing for you. I'll work, I'll pay taxes. But by golly, on the third of the month, I sure do's expect my social security check, my welfare check, my food stamp assistance. I'm sorry to be on a rant this morning, but I'm just two days into the end of this hurricane, this Hurricane Ida. Two days have passed since this storm. And we already have people on the television wondering when the National Guard came to rescue me from my house because I refused to heed the warnings and evacuate ahead of time, why didn't the National Guard take all of my personal belongings out of the house with me? Why didn't the National Guard grab my antiques? Why didn't the National Guard grab my Bluetooth headphones and my video game console? They only allowed me to leave with a small bag with some clothing and my medicine in it. Why didn't the government do more for me? The answer, of course, is quite simple, my friends. The government didn't do for you any more than they are required because they have more important fish to fry. They have more important people to deal with, people with true emergencies. The government, my friends, has zero obligation to make you comfortable when you were told to get out of your home before the storm hit, you should have gotten your happy ass in your car and taken whatever the hell it is you wanted with you. Then, at that point in time, 
you do something for yourself. But no, my friends. No, my friends. There are people right now crying because they didn't get to bring their iPod or their iPad or their Bluetooth headset or their video games. They had that opportunity. They pissed that opportunity away. And in doing so, they gave up any and all right to bitch and piss and whine and moan and complain. Until Americans start learning how to do for themselves, we are going to be farther and farther and farther into a dependent class in this nation. We are going to see less and less and less in the way of things, in the way of services. Oh, you'll have full services, but they'll be very much minimized. You won't get the full treatment. FEMA is not supposed to come in and replace your Karistan rugs and carpets if your home sustained flood damage. FEMA is supposed to come in and say, oh my gosh, your house is destroyed. The roof is blown off. The wall is blown in. Let us see what we can do to assist you to get your house back to what we call habitable condition. Not luxury. Not nearly what you had before. We will put you in a habitable condition. Meaning, you will have running water and a roof over your head. That is all you're entitled to. You should have insurance to pay for the things in your home that get damaged or destroyed. By the way, driving through Baton Rouge, which they did not see the bad side of Ida. They were on the quote-unquote good side of the storm. No electricity. No traffic lights. Morons. Morons. Listen, morons. When you come to an intersection with a traffic light and all of the lights are out, you must, by law and common sense, treat that intersection as if it is a four-way stop. Just because you're on the bigger road does not mean you can whiz right through that intersection. That is why people get injured in accidents. Basic, fundamental lack of knowledge, the rules of the road. I'm going through an intersection right now, and they're coming through like a train, my friends. Like, oh, let me get on this guy's tail, and I'll just pass right on through with him. That is illegal, and it is highly dangerous, you idiot. Sorry to rant. Sorry to rant. I'm on my way to a pre-op appointment for my surgery, which is scheduled for Thursday to repair the 360-degree total destruction of my right rotator cuff and bicep tear and a bunch of other little tears and rips and what have you that I sustained at the motorcycle crash at Road Atlanta. It is of my own doing. This is what I call self-inflicted. But anyhow, this medical center, Baton Rouge General Hospital, are on full generator power, and they will be seeing me. The surgery is still on for Thursday. So heading for the pre-op this morning, blood pressure check, chest x-ray, blood EKG, all that kind of stuff, just to make sure 
that this old body can handle that surgery and the anesthesia coming up on Thursday. Wish me luck. Wish me good prayers. I, I hope uh, most of you are spiritual individuals. I hope you can take it uh, upon yourselves. Give me just a little little prayer for a speedy recovery and a, as little pain as possible because, as you know, I'm a wimp. But back to Ida, my friends. Back to Hurricane Ida. This was a dangerous, dangerous storm. And the people in New Orleans have no power because of the eight transmission wires. Think about this. A city designed to be a two, two and a half million person city, but it really never recovered fully to its population highs um, after Katrina. But a city that is designed, a metro area that is designed to handle upwards of um, two, two and a half million people is sitting right now with about a little over a million in the metro area, sitting there right now saying, when are we going to have electricity? A 400 foot tall engineered structural steel tower sits in Harahan, Louisiana, Jefferson, Louisiana, on the east bank of the Mississippi River. Massive, giant cables that carry megawatts of power through them. Um, excuse me, sorry. Sorry, buddy. Had to get in. Appreciate it. Um, one of the towers on the west bank, in other words, the, the, the power lines go from the power generating station at Nine Mile Point over the river are these 400 foot high towers that carry those wires over the river so that boats, ships, marine traffic can get under the power lines without hitting them. These power lines run higher than even the Huey P. Long Bridge over the Mississippi River, if you can imagine such a thing. These giant massive electrical poles, these towers, um, they collapsed and sent those massive power lines into the Mississippi River. Come on, buddy. Get right here. Get right here. There you go. You're a genius. I'm telling you, people need to learn how to drive. They have zero sense. Guy just came straight across the... Uh, I let him out of a parking lot. You know, no good deed shall go unpunished. And he sat here and blocked the road. There's a turn lane in the center turn lane where he easily could have just gotten right on over. No problem. Could have gotten right on over. And uh, he just sat here and blocked the intersection that entire time. Um, with no electricity no running water in the city of New Orleans and uh, very sporadic running water, very low, low water pressure. There is a boil water notice for now till kingdom come in the city of New Orleans um, and no water pressure at all in parts of Jefferson Parish where my two children live. So they had to drive to points elsewhere to grab a shower. They're saying it could be at least a week to 10 days for residents of Jefferson Parish to have water, basic, fundamental running water. New Orleans metro area is, for all intents and purposes right now, my friends, a third world nation. It is an island with no electricity and no prospects for electricity for at least the next month, is what we're being told. A month! 
in the Stone Age, Louisiana, my friends. One month. This is the Truth Hurts program. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. We will see you on the next program. Sorry about the rant, but it is what it is. And we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye now. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to this edition of the Truth Hurts program. It is the first day of September 2021. Coming to you live from the front seat of the old F-250 pickup truck as I wait in a three-mile-long line in the hopes of being able to get some diesel fuel this morning. Sorry. It's been a long, arduous task. I've been to two gas station lines this morning, both stretching over a mile long, just to get very close to the station and then be told by local sheriff's deputies, sorry, we're out of fuel. Um, So now I'm in line at the third station trying to get some fuel. Uh, If you don't know, I have scheduled surgery tomorrow in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So that's a nice little fuel consumption trip for me. So I want to make sure I have enough fuel to get there and to get you know, family back home at the end of the surgery. So anyhow, just uh, letting you know, this is reminiscent of when I was a young child. The 1973 manufactured made-up energy crisis of the Jimmy Carter administration. In Louisiana at that time, they rationed gasoline to five gallons per person. And you could only get fuel in your car on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday if you had an odd number license plate. The last number in your license plate was an odd number. And on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, if your car had an even-numbered last digit on your license plate. And those were really hard times. I remember five gallons of fuel in a big gas-guzzling V8 Chevy Impala that my dad drove five gallons of fuel really wasn't enough to get a whole hell of a lot done. It was a nightmare. This is a whole different story here. This is a Hurricane Ida-related issue that we're dealing with right now, with no fuel at 90% of of the gas stations, and those who have fuel in the ground, no electricity to turn on the pumps. It truly is an apocalypse type scenario. I'm looking down the highway here at a couple walking, each of them holding a five-gallon gasoline can as they walk back over the interstate and down Louisiana Highway 445 towards their homes. If I were just finished filling up and saw them walking, I would certainly stop and offer them a ride back. (coughs) Excuse me. But as I said, devastating Hurricane Ida popped up out of nowhere and then suddenly made a beeline for the New Orleans-Baton Rouge area. As it trekked further and further east, less damage was seen in the Baton Rouge area and much, much more in the New Orleans metropolitan area. Louisiana Highway 445 runs north and south and is right along the Tangipahoa River, which is currently above flood stage. The highway just about a mile in front of me is completely blocked off as water is raging over the roadway from the little creeks and tributaries that go into that uh, facility. Now here's a jack leg cutting the line. There's a line here on the shoulder for people to to go and get fuel. And here's a jack leg who just decided he's going to cut in the line way up in the front. I hope, I sincerely hope, and this is an honest, sincere hope, I hope somebody shoots him in the head. Okay, that's a little harsh. 
But I hope someone there reports him to the police officer up, up ahead and has this ass wipe turn all the way around and get to the back of the line where he belongs. No one is more important than anyone else. The possible exception is if an ambulance pulled up right now and needed fuel. I could see that or a police officer or a fire truck. That should take precedence. precedence. But anyhow, my rant goes on. People in the New Orleans area were thinking, for the most part, that they would be spared because the National Hurricane Center and the National Weather Service, the forecast models, all showed this storm going in west of Houma, Louisiana, which would have put Baton Rouge, Louisiana, right in the center of the eye. New Orleans area residents were simply caught off guard as this thing made a sudden jog to the east at the last possible moment, exposing well over half a million residences to the ravages of this storm. Now, another rant for you. On the news this morning, a gasoline convenience store station owner in New Orleans East, devastated by the storm, had looters, filthy, thieving animal looters, break the windows on the convenience store. Were they stealing diapers and baby food and milk and necessities? Oh, hell no. They stole all of the scratch-off lottery tickets. They stole all the alcohol, all the beer, all the wine. They stole all the tobacco. They stole everything that a thief would steal. Not a person in need, but a true thief. A, a, an uncivilized animal, a piece of human filth. Thieving people. And the news reporter said to the owner of this convenience store, do you plan on rebuilding? She says, well, we were planning on having gasoline trucks and an emergency generator brought in today so that we could provide fuel to the people of this area. But to hell with them. She had the balls to say that. To hell with them. They come in here and they steal from me and they destroy my property and they damage my, my facility. They break out my windows. I have no mercy or sympathy for them. I'm going to stay at home where I have a whole house generator, she said. And I have food. And I have fuel. And I'm sorry. I hate to be mean. I hate to be cruel. But I am not about to do something nice for these people who have chosen to destroy my property and steal my products. It's not fair to me. It's not fair to the other customers who would have wanted to come here. To hell with them all. And she is leaving her three stores closed up. No one will be able to benefit from her facility. And guess what? I feel 100% in her favor. She's got business interruption insurance. She's got damage insurance. She's got insurance against vandalism and malicious mischief and theft. Sit back, lady. Collect your big insurance check. And if you're smart, never, ever reopen your store in that shitty neighborhood where the animals roam freely, where the animals run around thinking that they're entitled to something for nothing. When those pieces of human filth go in and steal from you and rob the rest of the community from the ability to benefit from that grocery store, from that convenience store. Any person who owns a business in New Orleans East, the Ninth Ward, all of those 
crappy areas that you heard about for years after Hurricane Katrina. If you haven't learned your lesson and moved the hell out, like Lowe's, like Home Depot, like Sears, like JCPenney's, like even Walmart, if you haven't learned your lesson, you get what you deserve. When the pieces of human scat, when these douchebags, these miscreants, these malcontents, when they all decide that their life is more important than yours and everything in their world is more important than everything in your world and they're going to take, take, take at whatever cost, guess what? When those businesses move out, I don't want to hear from the black community about how the businesses are racist because they don't relocate in these areas and the people don't have access to fresh fruits and vegetables and fresh bread and fresh meat and all they have is these convenience stores. Guess what? If those convenience stores are smart, they'll move the hell out of there and leave those blighted shitholes high and dry. The owner of that convenience store put it best when she said, I do not think I will be reopening here. Likely it will become yet another abandoned, blighted property on the shit stain that is the eastern half of the city of New Orleans. And that stain is growing, growing wider and deeper and thicker and stinkier and smellier each and every day. Looters. Looters should be shot on sight, no questions asked. You should have evacuated New Orleans. You should have evacuated Baton Rouge. Fortunately, I have a whole home generator. Fortunately, I have a well-stocked refrigerator and freezers. Fortunately, if things had gotten bad enough, fortunately, I could have gotten in the RV and evacuated. Fortunately, I don't have major damage at my home, but even if I did, even with the bad shoulder right now, I have the ability and good neighbors and people who care about one another. I have the ability to overcome these scenarios. And it's not because I have white privilege. The color of my skin has absolutely nothing to do with it. So if you're thinking white privilege, screw you, pal. I've worked hard, long hours, months and years away from my family dedicated to the service as a first responder as well as a second responder. I have dedicated the better part of my life to helping people recover from, respond to, prepare for disasters of all types. I am not in any way, shape, fashion, or form privileged. I have earned everything that I have accomplished and achieved and acquired in this lifetime. So please, do not insult my intelligence or prove your own ignorance by claiming that the only reason I have what I have is due to white privilege. There is no such thing as white privilege. There is a such thing as getting off your dead ass, getting a job, doing your job, earning your living, paying your taxes. That is all the privilege that every single American has. Go to work, pay your taxes, 
buy the stuff you need to survive. When you take it upon yourself to smash through the bulletproof glass at a convenience store, break through the regular glass doors first, of course, steal the rolls of Powerball lottery tickets, which will be useless to you, you dumb, ignorant pukes, because as soon as that convenience store reports those tickets were stolen, they become null and void, and you become in possession of stolen property. I would love to see you arrested and charged with that crime, you piece of human scat. Someone has the audacity to break through a store's glass doors and windows and steal all of the liquor and all of the tobacco products and all of the beer and all of the wine and all of the candy bars. But guess what was still shown on television neatly hanging there? Work gloves. Work gloves, safety glasses, neatly hanging, not touched, not disturbed in any way. That is out-and-out thievery, looting. It is ridiculous at best, criminal at worst. And I would love to see a couple of these looters shot in the skull, shot in the head and murdered and killed on sight to send a message to the other pieces of human scat out there that think they are above the law and they can go out and loot and steal from people. My morning rant has gotten a little off topic. My apologies. We are in the midst of Hurricane Ida right now. Shaquilla Jackson works at the Burger King off of US 51 near Interstate 12. Well, she's not working today. They have no power. And if you don't work, you don't get paid, right? But Shakita Johnson works at a Burger King in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, off of 31W. She's working today. She's doing her job. She's earning her paycheck. Why did I bring that up? Because right now, Everyone is sitting home because there is no electrical service in the entire southeastern portion of the United of the state of Louisiana rather. No electrical service anywhere unless you have a whole house generator and therefore you have electrical power, but it doesn't doesn't mean that everyone has that and even those people with the the pull start Briggs and Stratton 5kW generators, they're running out of gasoline. One-time Republican Governor Bobby Jindal, who turned out to be a piece of crap after his second year in office, one-time Republican Governor Bobby Jindal set into motion after the aftermath of the debacle that was Kathleen Babbling Blanco, the Democrat governor. She was a governor during Hurricane Katrina when uh, she did absolutely nothing but give her husband a cushy government contract. But when Bobby Jindal was elected, he put into place the mandate that all gasoline stations be required to have on-site generator capacity. Now think about this. If a gas station has three 30,000 gallon tanks underground filled with gasoline, but no electricity to run those pumps, no one can get fuel. Common sense, right? Common sense. 
Excuse me a moment. Another douchebag just cut into the line. Somebody please put this human piece of crap out of his misery. Somebody please shoot him in the head and push his vehicle off to the side. Jesus, people just, they think they're better than everybody else. They're more entitled. Yeah, I can see him, and yes, he is of a certain ethnic minority. I can't be accused of racism because I didn't mention which ethnic minority he is a part of. But he thinks he's more entitled than everybody else, so he doesn't jump a line. Somebody please pull him out and kill him. Get him off the face of the earth. Do away with this piece of human filth. Okay, sorry. Bobby Jindal mandated that all the gasoline stations that wish to remain in business put in a generator. It's not like they would run out of fuel. They have 90,000 gallons of fuel in the ground. They save enough for their own generator. And then the fuel tanker trucks should be given numero uno priority. Numero uno. You should be the very first things let through. And you fill those gasoline stations and you fill them and fill them and fill them. That should be a requirement. And it was put into to law by Governor Bobby Jindal. He put that program into place. And guess what? People stopped liking Bobby Jindal because he became more and more liberal as his time went on. And gas stations said, screw you, little Bobby. We're not going to follow your rules, your orders, your regulations. We're going to do what we want to do. And so here we are. 16 years after Katrina, nine years after Gustav, a year after Delta, Laura, and Zeta, and I'm still sitting in line watching my miles per gallon economy go down as I sit here. Because it is, after all, 93 degrees and 96% relative humidity. Think about that, friends. It's hot outside. So, now we have gasoline stations with no fuel, and we have gasoline stations with fuel but no power. Something is broken. This, whether you choose to believe it or not, is part of infrastructure. A road is useless if no one can travel on the road because they have no fuel in their vehicle. A gas station which provides that fuel is useless if it has no fuel or if it has no capacity to pump fuel. If I were the state right now, I would begin looking in the after action plan, I would begin looking immediately at the possibility of fining every one of these fuel station, gas station, convenience stores that did not comply with those mandates. This is the Truth Hurts program. We'll be right back. Oh, that's right. No wacky commercials today because we're doing this from the front seat of the old F-250. My apologies. I'm sure we'll have some more wacky commercials forthcoming. Surgery scheduled tomorrow for the uh, shoulder, and uh, I'll be doing some recuperating, so hopefully I won't be too pain-medded up to do a decent program for you here on The Truth Hurts. And I'll be able to do so from the comfortable recliner at Studio 63. That's the game plan, at least. We shall have to see. I've been sitting still now for quite a while. Nothing is moving, and I'm wondering, is that a good sign? Because there's a bunch of people with trailer loads of five-gallon gas cans that they're filling up ever so slowly, and there'll still be some diesel for me? Or are they simply out, and now everybody's down there bitching and complaining? I'm about 30 cars from the front of the line to get into the fuel station, so we shall have to wait and see. 
I'm going to cut this episode of the Truth Hurts program short, folks. I'll do some more ranting and raving about this Hurricane Ida situation and the cluster F that is the infrastructure that goes along with having to try and find fuel for your vehicle or for your gasoline-powered generator, should that be your need. Go out there and make it a great day, everybody. Wish me luck on my upcoming surgery. Uh, Prayer is always appreciated. And uh, I'll let you know after that how things worked out. See you next time, folks.